Hello, and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and chavrutu Yerdena Azban. Our daf of the day, Masachat Psachim, daf kuf alf, page 101. Before we jump into the daf, I want to mention that as we near, it's really amazing to me, Yerdena, as we near the end of Masachat Psachim, we are scheduled, we have scheduled our siyum, which we invite all of you to join us on the Zoom. The link will obviously be sent out to those who register. Registration is, you can get the form via the WhatsApp group or the Facebook page, or you can message either me or your Dana. We'll be happy to send you the form to register. Um, it is March. March. Pesach is in March. March 21st. Uh, that is a Sunday. It is in the zone when America, the U.S. has changed the clocks at, into daylight savings time, and Israel has not yet changed the clocks. So the schedule this time is 11 a.m. Eastern Seaboard time and 5 p.m. Israel time. We hope you all can join us. For those of you who would like to participate and share a few words, a thought, you know, any kind of comment on your experience of learning Masachat Sachim, uh, we welcome that. And you can sign up for that via the registration form as well. Yordana, am I leaving anything out? No, we just really want to hear some great Torah from everybody who's been learning with us, and uh, we're excited. We are indeed. Okay, now to the daf. Our daf is, you know, even yesterday we began already with the topic of Kiddush, and it's interesting to me that we're talking about Kiddush much more here, let's say, than we, that we did in Masechet Shabbat, meaning Kiddush Hayom, right, the sanctification of the day that we established with wine or grape juice and words, right? We recite words that sanctify the cup of wine or grape juice um, is something that happens not just at Leil HaSeder, it's not just on Pesach, but any Yantif. So any holiday, any Shabbos. So it's interesting to me that this is where it appears. Um, there are cross passages, of course, elsewhere, but the, the bulk of it, I think, really is discussed here. And the discussion is as follows, right? In the case that, first of all, we should remind everybody that Kiddush is made in shul on Friday night. I say we should remind everybody because, I don't know about you, Yardina, I haven't been in shul on a Friday night in a year um, because of the lovely pandemic. Um, so, but it is something that is made in shul, Kiddush is made in shul, and then you go home and make it again. And of course, the question is, why would you have to make it again if you've just heard Kiddush in shul? Aren't you, haven't you fulfilled your obligation in Kiddush? So the Gemara here says, well, according to Rav, you should have to you fulfill your obligation at home again because, I mean, you, you're cited again because the person who makes Kiddush is also going to fulfill or, or help fulfill the obligation of those members of the family who maybe weren't in shul. So then the Gemara says as follows. Ushmuel, we've got the opinions here of Rav and Shmuel. Ushmuel, lama li beveknista. So then the next question is, well, why do you have to make Kiddush in the in the synagogue, if you're going to make it at home anyway, because you have to make sure that any guests who might not have a home to go to for that Friday night meal or that holiday meal, that they too fulfill their obligation in Kiddush. Because they were um, spending the night, basically, sleeping overnight in the shul, which is not something that happens nowadays. People would take you home and put you up in a guest room or something, uh, at least on a couch. But back in the day, when people lived in much smaller homes, for the most part, 
and there were travelers and there were guests in the Jewish community. They would spend the night in the shul and they would eat there. So they would eat there, whatever meager portions they might have had, it wasn't necessarily going to include Kiddush. So they had to make Kiddush in shul. And then, of course, you have to make Kiddush at home for the people at home. But as the Shmuel and Ta'ameh, and that same line of reasoning, Shmuel follows the same line of reasoning, the Amar Shmuel, Ein Kiddush Elba Makom Suda. Now, this is a very, very seminal line in Halacha. Ein Kiddush Elba Makom Suda. You don't have the phenomenon of Kiddush. You don't have a valid Kiddush unless you also have the meal at the place of Kiddush. So, for example, if you if we're talking about practice, right? If somebody makes Kiddush and you say, I mean, and you have, I don't know, a tiny sip of wine or a tiny sip of grape juice or a half a crumb of a, you know, kichel at your Kiddush, and then you go on home and you think you fulfilled your obligation, the halacha is going to tell you you didn't fulfill your obligation because you didn't actually um, partake of enough food for it to be considered the meal that is required to take place at the, in the location of Kiddush to make that Kiddush a Kiddush. And Kiddush Elab Makom Suda. There's no Kiddush unless you also have, unless it's the place of a meal. Savor Mina, Hani Mili Mibai Libayit. Aval Makom Lamakom, Bachar Beta, Lo. Bachad Beta, Lo. So what happens? They say, if you, when we say En Kiddush Elab Makom Suda, you can only have Kiddush in the place of the meal. That is specifically when you're talking about bobbing around from house to house. And you're going to have, um, you know, one bit of food in one house, and then you're going to have a different portion, a different course, let's say, in a different home. And so then how does that work, right? You only made Kiddush in the one home. That's the point of the Kiddush has to take place in the location. There, the meal has to take place in the location that you have made Kiddush. But what happens if you went from one place where you recited Kiddush to another place that's in the house, Right. Makom b'chad beta in one house. That's not a problem. Meaning you make Kiddush in your living room and you adjourn adjourn to the dining room for the actual meal. That is considered one, one place for the purpose of the fulfillment of Kiddush uh, as compared to, like I said, bopping around from home to home. Or if you eat a little bit of Kiddush and then you, you know, add a shul Kiddush and then you go on home and you haven't had enough to fulfill your obligation of of consider to be considered a meal. Um, okay, uh, I want to jump just a bit. Again, this principle is pretty widespread. So what happens? Rav Huna agreed. He also took this position that there's no kiddush except in the place where you have your meal, and and the proof of this, and this is where it gets a little bit interesting. Um, in terms of the story of it, Rav Huna said Kiddush. Rav Huna recited Kiddush. And then, his, his candle went out. Now what's going to happen? So he couldn't really see so much in the dark. He brought all his stuff to the, ha- to the home that was going to be a wedding. Because it's it's the home, wedding home of his son, because they had candles lit there, so they could see there. And he had he said kiddush again, and he ate the food there, meaning the idea being that having the kiddush itself wasn't sufficient when he didn't have a chance to eat. Right, the light going out, the candle going out, 
interrupted the time of the meal. So then once he was going to sit down to eat, he, he needed to make Kiddush again. Um, okay. We, the Gemara goes on here to talk about others and their examples of Ein Kiddush El Makom Suda. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not going to go into it any further unless you're Dana, you think that we're missing something that we need to share, you know, learn together. No, but I think people should just be aware this is like a classic Machlo. Guess what appears on this page? This is a very quoted Gemara. Uh, this Machlo comes between Rav and Shmuel, and then later on, you know, bringing in the opinion of uh, Rabbi Yochanan, which they really reject. Um, it's just when we study issues around Kiddush and what the purpose of Kiddush is and what we're accomplishing during Kiddush, this is one of sort of the classic Gemaras that will get cited. So I just want to sort of point that out to, to everybody we're learning with. Although to be fair, all of this really is the opinion of Shmuel. Yes, we're really talking about the opinion of Shmuel. That is true. Um, but, uh, you know, look, and I think it, it's highlighting that there's different things that we do when we do this act of Kiddush, right? You know, is it about a, the wine? Is it about making the bracha? How is it related to actually where you're eating? And again, we don't have time to unpack all of these things, um, but they're all intertwined uh, with each other. And it's obviously, as we know, most things are on the pages of the Talmud. It's not just about doing the mitzvah of being the Kaddish, the Yom, of sort of sanctifying the day. There are all different layers to it, you know, placed, what are you using to uh, uh, to, um, to to sanctify it, right? Like using the wine um, and, you know, also its relationship to the meal itself. Right. Um, and I was, I, I used to do hadracha, like um, informal education with youth groups. And I would say Kiddush is how we turn, you know, specifically it was, let's say, a Shabbat morning, how we turn Saturday into Shabbat. And I think there's something to be said to that, what you've just said of all these different component parts come together. And that is the experience of Shabbat. Any one of them is missing and, and you feel it, you, you know, it's not, it's not the same thing. Right. Exactly. So, you know, I think, so again, I just, there's, there's actually a lot of halachic material on this stuff that we could go into. Um, but just to make everyone aware that this is just a very sort of, I don't know if we can call it, but like a, in my mind, it's in a, a classic sugya. Um, I want to hop down to something that's an Amud Bet, which to me was interesting in terms of sort of how halacha is quoted from an Amoraic perspective. Um, and so, again, they're still in the middle of this discussion about what do you do? Do you have to say a new Kiddush again if you change your place? And Yatziv Rav Izi Bar Abin Kameh Rav Chista. So Rav Izi Bar Abin was in front of Rav Chista, the Yatziv Rav Chista, right? And the Ka'amar Mishmeh de Rav Huna. And Rav Chista was sitting, and he quotes the following halacha in the name of Rav Huna. Right? When you said, when we talk about that, if you have a change of place, you need to make a new bracha, you need to make Kiddush again. This halacha is only when we talk about moving from house to house but not when we talk about moving from place to place within a house, right? That if you went from one room of your house, you made Kiddush in the dining room, and then you decided to have, you know, continue the meal or the next part of the meal in the living room, you wouldn't have to make Kiddush. But if you went, you made Kiddush in your neighbor's house, you know, and you had your first course there, and then you decided to have your second course in your house, you would have to repeat Kiddush. And Rav Idi replies something very interesting. Amrle Rav Idi Bar Abin, so Rav Idi Bar Abin says to Rav Chista, 
So he says, wait, we learned this in a brace from the school of Rav Hinek. Right? And, you know, and so the Gemara basically says, right, if there's a Brita, right, that we learned like this, right, right, why doesn't Rav Huna just teach the Brita, right? Why is it that Rav Chisa is quoting Rav Huna as sort of like an opinion of Rav Huna, but not Rav Huna actually quoting this particular Brisa? And the Gemara basically concludes by saying, Rav Huna matnina lo Ravuna, he didn't actually know this Brisa. In other words, Ravuna sort of on his own or through his own logic, or through his own understanding of what makes sense with the halacha, he gave his particular opinion, but it was not based on a previous Brisa that he had. And this was striking to me because this is something that we've talked about that, you know, sort of all this Tanakhidic literature of the Mishnahs, the Toseptas, the Brightot had to be sort of memorized, right? These were all really as much as we say the Mishnah was written down, it was obviously committed in some way, right? Like, because we, we do see in the pages of the Gemara where it talks about maybe it was a corrupted version, you add a word here, you take a word away, that sometimes happens. But these really were things that were oral and needed to be sort of memorized, or you had to be aware of it from your teacher. And here the Gemara is sort of acknowledging that you could have a situation where there's an Amora who teaches a particular halakha and may have not been aware of a brisa that other people may have been aware of and that was circulating in those people's circles. And the Gemara accepts it and says that that's okay. So I, I, I think there's two important points here. The idea that not all Tanaitic literature was known to everybody. And the second piece that we're still going to accept a halakha is presented or quoted by Rav Huna that's not necessarily quoting a brisa, but is more just Rav Huna's understanding of the halakha itself. It doesn't always need to go back to a brisa. And I think this gives us just a little, you know, one of these little snippets we see on the DAP that really explains sort of the process of all of this really being set down during the time of the Amarayim. So I'm just going to bring a comment from Amud Aleph that I think speaks to exactly this. There's a discussion there. It's not even a discussion. It's just really a comment. It says specifically, Meaning that that Rabbah, there's a discussion of Rabbah that he was where he was lenient and where he was stringent with regard to Rav's stringencies. It says he would be he would act in accord with Rav's stringencies and he would not act in accord with Rav's, Rav's leniencies. Meaning it's a specific thing about three different cases, but the point here is that you see. I don't know what, the decision-making apparatus, the alignment of different shitot, the idea that there's, you know, within the spectrum of of different opinions, people are still going to be careful and cautious within their own sensitivities. I, I feel like, you know, the the nature of how the Amorayim are living halakha is very much in evidence on the, these, these few pages. Right, and I even would say that the stories that are told here on Amor Aleph, right, like they saw Shmuel do this, or they saw someone do that, is also another way of learning halacha. And particularly, I mentioned this, I believe, yesterday or the day before, around meals, observing behavior always seems to be a good way to learn halacha. What did you actually see when you saw somebody do a meal? And maybe that's why in this particular case, we're really willing to accept, you know, Rav Huna not quoting a brisa, but sort of just using his own logic or way of trying to understand what the halacha should be. 
Like, it just makes sense. You switch places, of course you're going to need to make another Kiddush. Right, right. And in case that was counterintuitive, meaning in case you thought that the moment you said Kiddush, that was it, right? So we have case after case after case here telling us, no, no, ain't Kiddush al-Makum Suda. And, and that is the, at the end of the day, that is the conceptual connection between the phenomenon of, you know, sanctifying the day over a meal, meaning, yes, you have wine, you have grape juice for your sanctification, but it comes together with more than that. Exactly. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us, review us on all major podcasts. Thank you to Reverend Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hadron website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP. Uh, it's discussion about Kiddush and also some of the ways that it tries to learn Halakha on our Talking Talmud Facebook page. Most importantly, please register for our Masachat Pesachim Siyam upcoming, God willing, on March 21st. You can find the link on our Talking Talmud Facebook page or in our WhatsApp group. And until tomorrow, go and learn.